we are back with another Black with No Cream podcast, new episode every single Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, aka Ben Real First World. Today, we have an insane hand lettering illustrator, graphic designer on the show. His name is Scotty Russell, but on the internet, he goes by the name Perspective Collective. Scotty has a fast-growing Instagram account where he is literally vomiting insanely creative posts every day, which has gathered him an army of almost 40,000 followers. His work has been featured all over the internet. He has flown all over the country to speak about his art, and his collabs are insane. For instance, he literally made a coffee mug. He like hand-illustrated this piece, and they partnered with the coffee company or whatever. They made this coffee mug um, where they sold 200 mugs, 200 of 200, that was it. Uh, and that shit sold out in 30 minutes. They then turned around and made 400 new designs on uh, 400. Well, it was like one design on 400 mugs or whatever. But you get the idea. Did 400, sold that shit out in less than 20 minutes. And they even had one mug that was printed wrong. The logo was actually upside down that they auctioned to raise money for an animal shelter. And it fucking auctioned out for $900. This dude is lit. Scotty and I both met years ago when I was making music. He owned a clothing brand. I was making music. We would collaborate on shows and different projects, photo shoots and things like that. We've known each other for a long time. His work is incredible. But most of all, it's his hunger to teach and give back that I love. He has his Perspective Collective podcast where he gives inspiration and he talks with a ton of creatives. He shares very detailed blogs and even behind the scenes on his creative process, which I promise you, you guys need to check out. This dude is insane. And if you're a part of the Black With No Cream private group, then you obviously saw him hand illustrate that Black With No Cream logo on that cup that he made to promote the podcast that me and him recorded like 10 minutes before we recorded this podcast on his podcast. So yeah, tune in Perspective Collective Podcast if you want to hear him talk with me and hear me share my story. Um, And this is obviously his story. So yeah, this is it. If this is your first time tuned into the podcast, you're probably wondering what does Black With No Cream fucking stand for, Ben? Well, Black Window Cream is a private content creator group fueled by caffeine, or at least I take my coffee, Black Window Cream, but you can drink or not drink whatever caffeine you fuck with and still be a part of our community. We are a private group on Facebook open to creators of all kinds, aka if you make videos, if you're a photographer, if you do marketing, management, editing, illustration, dance, etc., 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 all creators are welcome. Our private group has been growing rapidly. We have a shit ton of members working together by sharing content, asking for feedback, passing tips and tricks along to one another with the goal of pushing each other to become the best motherfucking content creators on earth. And you can join our group if you want to by just going to bwnc.com join. We would love to fucking have you. Please join. If you're interested in supporting Black Window Cream, please go to bwnc.com slash merch. We have hats, stickers, shirts, pins, and shit that are available in the store. But if you're listening to this now, you may be here early enough to participate in a rare merch drop. Tomorrow at noon, I'm going to be releasing 30 Black Window Cream coffee mugs, which will be 30 of 30. That's it. That's Once they're gone, it's over with. I'm never printing these mugs ever again. It's just a rare, small thing I want to do. I, I'm putting it up on the merch store Monday at 12 p.m., January 22nd, first come, first serve, 12 p.m. fucking L.A. time, so PST or whatever the fuck that shit is, be on there, be ready to buy these mugs because they will never come back. So I appreciate any diehard fans that are there at the jump. And if you don't have any funds, I totally get it. There's other ways that you can support. Obviously, share this link to the podcast with as many people as you possibly can and hop on iTunes and leave me a review. Every review helps this podcast grow, helps me as a host understand what you guys want, that's it basically i appreciate you i fucking appreciate you all right that's it enjoy the work week keep creating make sure to tune in every sunday for a new black window cream episode and without farther ado i bring to you my interview with 
Scotty Russell, a Perspective Collective, and the most epic podcast intro ever created right motherfucking now! Attention. If you stop this podcast recording at any time, you will die. I don't want to die! Do you want to live? You have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die. I'm kidding. You won't die. You're just weak shit for not sharing. And the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to... Black with no cream. What do you think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben Haggerty. I knew you would say that. (laughs) And we are back with another Black with no cream podcast. Today I have my fucking homie. Scotty Russell. What's up, what's up? Yeah, a.k.a. Perspective Collective on the internet, except with just the vowels. How do the you, vowels. Uh, your Instagram handle's what? Uh, PRSPCTV underscore CLLCTV. And there's a reason. Yeah, why? Why I made myself so fucking hard to find. It's very uh, hard to find. Uh, I, it was a couple years ago. I used to be Perspective underscore Collective. But then I read everywhere how it needs to be easy for people to find you and have the same name on all platforms. Mm. I'm like, okay, well, let's do it this way. And yeah, now it's hard for people to find. But <laughs> at least PRSPCTV looks dope on my license plates. It does so, look hard. Yeah, so, people are probably going to so, know who you are. Yeah, people are like, what's that say? I'm like, shit. Oh yeah, they're never going to find me on uh, social media anymore. Damn. So it is what it is. Well, that's how you find them anyway. Scotty is one of the illest illustrators I've ever met. Shout out to you for getting that spot in my book. But um, blessed hashtag. His shit is crazy. Hand illustrator. You're a letterer. Is that a word? Illustrator, letterer, letterer. Yeah, letterer. Lettering artist. If you want to, he like, makes prolong the illest it. letters. His drawings are fucking out out here. Like they're crazy. Next level. They're shit. gone. They're gone. They're super far gone now. Um, <laughs> he. So Scotty, I've known you since like fucking back in college. We met in... 2006, 2007. Yeah, early. No, early no, no, 2009, 2010. I graduated around, in 2010. So. I graduated 11. Yeah, so I met you around, around that 2010, time. 2010, 2009, yeah. 2010. So anyway, I used to make music. Obviously, you heard that shit before. And when we were performing, our groups were performing and shit, Scotty had a clothing company called Daydreaming. And we would rock that gear when we played our shows. And so we were like co-sponsoring each other or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's how we met. Right now, Scotty has a poppin' ass Instagram account called perspective collective without the vowels um <laughs> but perspective collective is a brand and he creates the illest drawings he posts all this cool motivational shit on his instagram channel his shit's blown up you got like forty thousand plus it's around there there's a lot of pizza and cats involved in that shit too, he draws though. a lot of he's got can't a be weird too serious all the pizza and cats. can't be too serious we got cats on our cats and pizza on our mugs right now right now that we're drinking some coffee he, he's got his custom mugs that we have uh he's been making merch his these mugs that just to tidbit because we just talked about this we're drinking out of these cool ass mugs it's got a cat holding a piece of pizza it's a perspective collective uh rare piece and he just he just told me that they did um they released a bunch how many of these so uh i teamed up with Deneen pottery pottery place up in minneapolis and this one right here space cat we did 200 of them like just a silly ass design that wasn't meant for anything they were like dude this would look this this I'm design to the camera. I don't yeah which one I don't, it doesn't matter <laughs> they were like this design would be perfect so we did a run of two hundred I didn't expect anything we sold out two hundred of this first one in under thirty minutes oh my god and so everybody wanted a next one so we did a follow up uh, collaboration and that one's like a, a fat ass cat getting abducted holding pizza from a UFO and we sold out four hundred of these in under twenty minutes. Fuck. Yeah, so like pizza and cats is Crushing where it's at. Ass. So you can't be serious all the time. Find the shit that like 
embrace your weird quirks because you know that's what people are probably gonna resonate most to. Hell yeah! yeah. And he, he told me one of them was a fuck up. The the design was upside down, so they auctioned it online on eBay or whatever. Yeah. They auctioned it and it went for nine hundred. Yeah, somewhere around nine hundred. Motherfucker so. sold for nine hundred dollars. Your uh, art, dog. That's crazy. Yeah, it went to some animal shelter, so I'm, I'm cool with that. That's very cool. I'm down with that. So yeah, he's been doing all kinds of crazy wild shit, and you've been designing a lot locally too. You've been working with like so we're both from Cedar Falls, Iowa. We're both living live here he lives here now i don't anymore but in the town of cedar falls you've been doing cool ass like murals and shit with local uh like murals has been the focus this year not so much other kind of jobs i want to focus on bigger yeah they're huge too you're doing like sides of wall like the businesses the the urban pie one was like what six windows each one was 40 by 60 inches so imagine that times six crazy yeah Hey, we won the People's Choice and Judges Award on that one, too, by the hey, way. Hey, yeah. there we go. Yeah, I haven't said that yet. So. No, that's dope. Yeah, Congratulations. Officially announced here. Yeah, damn. I just think Scotty's got such a cool perspective huh, on the way he creates and the way he distributes his content and, like, the ability to live in our small-ass town of Iowa and grow a fan base. Would you say it's a worldly fan base? Are you around the world? I would say I'm... I can humbly say this. I'm more well-known outside of Iowa than in Iowa. But I'm saying outside of the U.S., would you say there's is there global shit happening? Are you seeing fans come from different countries and stuff? Oh, for sure. Sick. So uh. this motherfucker is known all over the world for his art, <laughs> which is sick. It's, it's crazy. It's weird to say it that way. But it's hard to do. That's very hard to do in Iowa. And I struggle with that a lot when we make our art back here because we mm-hmm. try to distribute it and try to get people to become fans from all over. And it's just hard. It's fucking difficult and we've had these conversations a lot conferences have helped and instagram instagram speaking at conferences and doing the podcast like that's been the ticket but like you you left here and you blew up like you you were already a big deal here i think you could have made it big here in iowa Mm. but i'm trying to prove that i can build something here and still be in iowa that's where my family and stuff is so it's hard (laughs) for me to you're a bigger risk taker in a sense of that Mm. but I feel pretty confident I can build what I'm trying to accomplish here. Yeah, you know, maybe someday I need to move. That that's cool. But I used to didn't. I, I used to not think you could do anything from Iowa. And then I see you leave, and I've seen other people leave, and I'm like, damn, there's nothing here for me. So right. I used to like, I don't know, comparison would paralyze me right. from thinking I could make something for myself here from little bumfuck Cedar Falls, Iowa. But I mean, look at Tim Dodd. Yep. And you know, people like me now, hopefully. So. Yeah. Iowa, putting Iowa on the map. It's crazy because it is challenging. You always look at it. Because for me right now, I'm like, damn, I wish I could just kick it in Iowa because I fucking love it. I could be way more creative, I feel like, here, mm-hmm. which is weird to like go to L.A. where you're supposed to be creative. A little more freedom. Yeah, there's more freedom here. And like not so many rules, I guess, as far as like what an industry standard is. But in its home, like you just there's something about being home. I don't know. Maybe I need to come back here and be here for a month, but then I'll want to go right back to LA. But I do feel like what you're doing is dope, and I don't think a lot of people do what you do or think that it's possible to do what you do. So, for an instance, when we were creating music, I always now looking back on it, I wish what I would have done was we should have saved up money and spent that money to travel every month and go somewhere as as much as possible in the year because we're five hours from Chicago, mm-hmm. three hours from Minneapolis. For whatever you're close enough that you could go and network with these people and it's just a quick trip it's a day trip you know what i mean the cost of a hotel or whatever it is get into a conference but everyone has to be on the same page at the same time too yeah exactly know? but the i mean like vision. if you if you say okay cool i follow this artist this artist is gonna be in chicago this week and he's gonna do a conference or he's gonna i don't know sh- do some art galleries or whatever mm-hmm. and you could just go slide in it's hard to like get 
away from your day to day, right? Oh yeah. Like how hard has that been for you as, as far as like getting into this, doing this freelance, but you also have a job, right? Yeah, I do uh, web design, lead UI designer, and do just graphic design, focus on branding, illustrations. Uh, I'm, I'm the illustrator guy, Adobe Illustrator, that's my shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I do the 40-hour day job, but before I go to work, I get up early to work on my shit. Like the most important task uh, where you have the most willpower, I say get that shit done at the beginning of the day because you spend the whole rest of your day of the world you know, trying to bug you and beg for your attention and throw ads at you. And everybody wants to just, I don't know, try to get your attention and take your attention away from shit that's important to you mm. to what's important to them. Right. So I, I grind in the mornings, do the day job, grind in the evenings for a little bit and make sure I'm doing the shit that's most important to me right. to get to where I want to be. And this dude's married too. So you also have a family. <laughs> like, yeah, you know married I mean? with two little kitties. That's so. crazy. Yeah. So there's a reason why he draws cats a lot. I, I got a I, cat too, I'm dog. Obs- we just got one. I'm obsessed with my cats. Me it, too. It's weird, man. It's weird. I, I like dogs too. I always had a dog growing up, but I don't know. These are my my, my children. So I know. Yeah, it just started off with random ass drawings, and Dude. then they, I don't know, people vibe to them. So do people know these are your cats? Like that you're yeah, basically I, drawing your so cats. So it's like what we were talking about on my podcast a little bit earlier. You tell a story with things and put some context and. You know, why should people care? So I, I tell the stories of my cats of like how Lucy likes to sit on a pizza box when we get pizza at home and she doesn't want to budge when I try to get a slice. So basically I'm trying to like abduct pizza from her and she's not having it. That's why this cat's pissed. That is so fucking it's like I, dope. I tell stories behind it. I do time lapse drawings and kind of build up a launch to it. But yeah. Yeah. Your so. account's fun to follow because you're always changing it up, like how you deliver the content. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Not just like curation is so hard for me like you see someone like joey bearbauer his mm. instagram is so hyper curated with a certain style and that works for him and me i thought like i i was pigeonholing myself into a corner like my shit has to be the same so people know what to expect because you know social media certain hacks and tricks but i i think a style of mine is being inconsistently consistent mm. or consistently inconsistent you know that's a style on its own i don't even know what i'm going to create next right so the audience definitely doesn't know how would you say your your fans or your followers are accepting that are, you know what I mean because if you decide like I'm gonna wing it and just post random content are they figuring it out is, are they are they learning that that's your style yeah they're learning it and you know I and just to train behavior I even put like hey you know I'm constantly experimenting in like my stories or um, I, I share with people because I share the process of like every. I'm big in sharing the behind the scenes of things and not just uh, for me, I get a little paralyzed by comparison again if I see someone just posting this dope-ass polish drawing or calligraphy or a mural, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I can't just like spit that shit out and make it look good like that. So I know I resonate when people share the process along the way, and they simplify it, and you know they kind of let you under their wing to see, like, hey, this isn't anything special. There's a lot of work that goes into it, and it starts off with really shitty sketches. It doesn't right. start off perfect. So you know I let people know... And train their behavior to know to check my stories. You know, I put in my little profile. Like you'll you'll see, follow along with the process. You know, right. check my stories so people know what to expect in a sense. So would you say that um, some of your fan base, or a lot of your fan base, is that that audience, other illustrators that want to um, be like you, and they're benefiting because you're the guy that's offering this behind the scenes tips and tricks versus uh, definitely. De- uh, so like I, I get questions all the time. Uh, illustration wise or hand lettering it's more hand lettering because that's like the biggest fad right now like they, that shit's everywhere look at yeah. pinterest look at instagram like you got you got feature accounts that you know have millions of people and they like share your work and that's how i grew an audience by using the right hashtags and being active in the community and stuff 
But I, I get a lot of questions like what tool should I use or what's the best method for this? And so when I get kind of like you, when you get a bunch of people asking questions, like you want to stop repeating that shit over and over mm-hmm. again. So build a resource, build a hub. And so I built like a resources page where someone asked me what pen I'm using here, send them off to my resources page where there's affiliate links. Oh, right. And I put in like blog posts or tutorials there too. So it's just a one-stop shop for any book, any supply, my drawing process, uh, how to make time-lapse videos, all that shit's just in one place. Mm. So I can just direct them to it because I got tired of answering questions. That's so smart. Yeah. Well, what would you say is, you know, you have a you have your podcast, you which you started, to, how, how long have you had that? Uh, August last year, so August 2016. Damn. Yeah, a year and a half now. Yeah, so you've had that. You're at episode, what did we just record? What episode number is um, Yours is going to come out, I think, 61. Episode 61. Episode 61, so it'll be like January 10th. Damn, this is like episode 14 or something. Yeah, I'm chasing your go, ass. Man. Yeah, I'm yeah. chasing your ass. I, I feel like I've accomplished so much, but <laughs> god damn it. Hey, getting past episode 10 and then getting past 20, Yeah, like those are milestones. Yeah. And then like episode 60 coming up soon, like that's that's Crazy. big. I didn't, man, I, but I'm, I'm one, you're like this too. You don't start something and you know, test it out for like a month. You drive that shit until you know for a fact it there's a bigger or... there's a bigger direction, a bigger calling. Yeah. You know, I'm not one to just start something and, you know, quit it within the next week. I'm yeah. gonna pour my soul into that and ride it out and it's probably gonna lead me to the next thing. Like right. daydreaming led me to freelance and freelance led me to like sharing my art online and then that led me to blogging. Blogging led me to teaching workshops, speaking and then that all led to the podcast. So Everything kind of migrated towards the next step, and I either I can drop it if it's not serving the purpose, or I find a way to mix it in. So, mm. like right now, it's podcast, but with weekly episode drawings. So I combine my love for like coaching and working when talking to people with my love for drawing. Right. So like I can coexist with both worlds. Well, before I didn't think they could. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say because if you're watching the video portion of this podcast. He doesn't look. You don't look like an artist, low key. Like you don't look like oh, a drawer. Man. I get this shit all the time. You look dude. like a fucking dude that'll kill oh, another God. dude. I, I get asked if I'm in the military. Like, dude, people, you'd be surprised. Like, jocks and stuff can be judgmental and assholes too. But like, you go to some of these conferences where it's like creatives, and you get people who some immediately think you're guy. just a, a bro. Yeah. And yeah, so well, like, look at tattoo artists and shit. Yeah. Like people don't associate, but when you comes to like fine drawings mm-hmm. and things like this, you just don't e- expect it to be some sort of athlete built driven guy. So, I, yeah, I definitely don't feel fit the mold of what like <laughs> a lot of these conferences expect from people. So that I, I even have an episode I'm working on too, just because I've had several people say that same shit, and it's they fine. were like, honestly, we weren't big fans of you at first because you just seemed like this big buff bro who. You know, it was just an asshole and here just a party. And now, like, second impressions are a big thing, too. And now we're, like, all tight homies. They're on my podcast. I'm on their ho- yeah, podcast. Yeah. So, like, first impressions are important. But, Super. I mean, be open. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's, uh, it's easy to be quick to judge. You come from, you used to coach football. You yeah. used to play football, then start coaching football. Played football. I blew my back out twice in college so i started student coaching football so that's how this and then i once i graduated i went and coached back at west high my alma mater and i was coaching there too so it's like i've always had these roots or like was a captain on a team right you know so i always had this coaching roots and working with people you know helping people find their potential even if that sounds cheesy that's you know that's the kind of shit that lights me up each day right at the same time i always had art you know i I grew up hiding art because i got picked on and bullied really bad right Growing up, so I wasn't trying to like dish out more ammunition for people to fuck with me. So I like kept a sketchbook glued to my side, and I didn't share that I did art till I was like twenty hmm. something, and never thought I could like combine the two. 
So I quit coaching football, quit personal training, and finally got a job doing what I went to school for, graphic design, and kept drawing and, you know, started Perspective Collective, merged the whole coaching with the art, and I've just been finding ways to push the shit out of it ever since. What, what do you you think know, finding it, my voice. What do you think it was that allowed you to find your voice the first time you ever truly shared your art? Like, if you're you're this jock who's supposed to play football, and you're supposed to be football-oriented, and probably just be like this manly man, and art, if people look at art, they sometimes associate it with, like, nerds and shit like Bob that. Bob Ross. <laughs> but, like, what do you do? How, do, how man, did you finally open up about that? Like, man, I'm only really figuring this out within this last year. I've been... I've been creating nonstop four years now, some kind of weekly content, weekly mm-hmm. drawings or a weekly blog, podcast, whatever it is. And I'm really only now starting to feel comfortable with like transparency, talking about my failures and fuck ups and like sprinkling in some of the highlights. So you, you can see like, hey, this is where he was and this is where he is now. Like nobody paid attention to my drawings for the first year. Like Instagram was crickets. Like that's what you started doing was just yeah. sharing it on Instagram? Yep, just sharing. It, it all started with Instagram. Um... Then it started with blogging. No one paid attention to that shit for like six to eight months. No readers, and I just stuck with it. And that led to speaking. No one listened to the podcast for the six months, too, because nobody really knew. But I tuned like, in, Doc. You tuned I in. I tuned in for you. You iTuned. Uh, iTunes. Um, no. It, but that what, slow start is so – but that's, mm-hmm. I think – Grassroots style, man. But and it's competitive. You yeah. know what I mean? Now you're competing against yourself to try to make that's, sure your shit grows. That's all it is. Because when I'm trying to compete with everyone else, that's when I get fucked up and start thinking too much, or you know, start second guessing myself or beating myself up when something didn't perform how I thought it was going to, com- yeah. in comparison to what someone else was doing. Right. And and something I'm learning is, you know, I got this from my buddy Sean a while back, is that people don't notice announcements like, hey, I just started a blog, you know, come and read my shit. Or, I just started a vlog, come and watch it on YouTube. Right. People don't notice announcements. People notice consistency. Mm. So, like, what are you doing each day that you can, like, mark off the calendar that I showed up? You know, putting a little bit into your day. Like, for me, I focus on doing one thing a day. I plan it the night before. That way I wake up. I know what the fuck I'm going to attack in the morning. And I can say I showed up at the end of the day if I got one thing done Mm. that is moving me forward. How hard is it to do that? Um you say, all right, tomorrow morning I'm going to work on this sketch or I'm going to create this for Instagram or I'm going to make a competition or whatever you're choosing to do that next morning. I, I have the biggest problems as far as like being distracted because I juggle so much shit and try mm-hmm. to tune into whatever it is. When you get there in the morning, you wake up and all of a sudden you got 15 emails with new opportunities and things that you have to do too and you're like, ah, fuck. How hard is it to stay on course? You know what I mean? Like, um, that's that's I call it Superman syndrome. So like ever since high school and college and graduation i've had this superman syndrome like i can take on anything like i i've had overloaded course schedules at college plus i was coaching football seven days a week i had an internship plus i had a side job too Mm. pushing in carts at high v hell yeah and i had a girlfriend so like i all i've known is a full plate and now i'm learning that like spreading things out like imagine a piece of toast and you got this little tiny butter and you're trying to spread it all out to cover the whole thing. You know, you're spreading yourself too thin. And that's been probably the key thing I've learned in 2017 is like, you're doing too much. You're making minimal progress in a million directions. Like if I would have just focused on the podcast and maybe freelance once every other month and not all this other shit, like teaching workshops, I probably could have scaled the podcast double to where it is right. right now. And to me, I think that's where I'm delivering the most value. I'm I'm growing the most myself and helping others, you know, grow as well. So like, why don't I double down where I feel is making the biggest difference? So now, 
doing less but better is like 2018 goal. Like right. what's what's the top things that I need to focus on and, you know, fuck all the rest. So I know you said for your podcast specifically you um, just got uh, an intern or something to help you edit the podcast, yeah, right? Yeah, I finally got an editor, thank God. Out of Ireland? Out of Ireland, yeah. Shout out to that Shout guy. out to Anya. Anya. Brennan. She's a girl. It's a girl. Shout it's, out to that girl. She's the shit, man. So she just got the last one done. I just shot her the next one later. So Sick. starting with the monologues and then I'll dish out the interviews. Would you say ha- allowing yourself to... Cause that's another big problem for me is constantly being able to like let certain things go or let someone else take over. Delegation. It's fucking hard to it's delegate. It's way hard. You only know that you're good. Mm-hmm. You only know that I'm the best person that can do this. It's like, so- can somebody like edit how I do or like make my voice sound good with this <laughs> transition music or can they capture the same voice or the vibe that I'm trying to do? And yeah. My, but- my main focus is like allowing myself to let those people in. And I think by training them to mm-hmm. perform the way you perform, if there's two of me, that's going to be dope. Two of me is sick. You know what I mean? Like, I already think yeah. me, I'm sick. So if I can be twice <laughs> as sick, then that's going to be ill. If I could be three times as sick, is that, I like that. Like that going to help you, though? Because, see, the problem is, like, yeah, you want to focus on a few things. But for me, if I focus on a few things, then I lose out on a lot of other shit. Mm-hmm. So if I allow people to take over certain roles for me and maybe – you don't get paid as much or maybe you you know you don't get as much credit as much because you have these other people doing what you're doing and they're starting to get shine i truly think that that's the best move in mm-hmm. my opinion would you say that could work for what you're doing to allow new people into your circle oh for sure and that's what i'm trying to do before i was like mr i had to do it all mm-hmm. but now it's like i I, I'm missing, I'm seeing like how I have other friends who do podcasts out in the creative fields and, you know, they have multiple people that's like two of them or three of them and they have time to go and do more promo or do more reaching out to people to try and get like sponsorships and shit. So like I, I see it as, uh, it, what I've read is that it should be 20% creation, 80% promotion. And I'm like ass backwards right, right now. I'm like 80% creation and I'm barely like promoting my shit. I schedule it like once in a day all on like Hootsuite or something like that, playing ahead. But then I don't re-promo it. I don't go out and reach out to people like, hey, if you're looking for a sponsor, this is my shit. You know, I haven't had time to even build like a marketing packet for my podcast, right. which I've seen other people do. I'm like, I need help because there's I- I'm so busy on creation that I get everything done and I have to immediately get started for the next week's podcast and the promo is missing, you know, get the reach. Like I'm not even tapping into the potential of where this podcast can yeah. be. And it's cause I've been doing too much. Right. You know? No, I, I feel the same fucking way. Cause I feel like I try to post once in, at one time or whatever it is on my story and shit. And you just feel like everything, I don't know. I just assume that they'll come find it, but you have to yeah. remember that people need to be constantly reminded that you got to stay in, you got to stay in front of people. Yeah. And why the fuck should they care? Yeah, exactly. And that's no the shit. hardest thing, especially with social media and everything changing. Like I'm, I'm studying over here how to like get this podcast popping, but now things are changing on like Instagram, which is my biggest, you know, my biggest place that people explore and find my shit. It's been the best for me. So it's like, yeah, how, how can you spend so much time researching, creating and, polishing it all up to mm. deliver something of value yet you have to go right back to starting again so that's where i'm seeing like i need to delegate i need help with like my newsletter each right. week i do too like and maybe uh writing the show notes so like there's more opportunities that i'm slowly getting help yeah, with sure. so yeah delegation you can't do it all by yourself yeah well i mean if there's any people listening to this shit right now and you got some extra time in your hands you want to help scotty fucking hit him up yeah I, I, i'll give value in other ways back so oh my god it's it's so helpful dude just having like now i have 
Dave, my intern, who's helping me cut these videos. And What's up, Dave? Them. Yeah, shout out to Dave. Um, but just to have one extra hand on your shit is so meaningful and helpful. And the fact that I can now sit back just a little bit more and focus on bigger picture shit. Yeah, bigger picture shit. That's exactly. I'm 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 so focused in the production day to day stuff that I can't even see the big picture where I really want to scale right. shit. So that's that's exactly it. I, yeah. I lose sight of the bigger picture. So do less but better. What um what would be like a tip that you could provide as far as get because to you. For you, I feel like it's important when you land a feature page. Like if if there's a big page that has millions of followers, like if I got posted by Instagram, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah, what, that'd the be type, huge. That's the goal, right? So it depends on what your niche is. I I know there's if you're in photography, like there's massive photo featuring accounts out there that. Mm-hmm. Um, what worked for me was like these massive lettering accounts. They have a hashtag. So one of them is uh, from my good friend. Her name's Brooke Robinson, and she hosts Good Type, huge lettering account. They're almost hitting a million people. Good Type. Good Type. Dope. I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's become a good friend. She's actually on the podcast. But Sick. you start off by using their hashtag on your work, and especially if they're a smaller page, like kind of growing with just a couple thousand. And then you stay active on the page. You commented on, you know, some of the posts that they feature of other people, you know, reaching out, sending good vibes, stuff like that. Eventually, mm. when it's kind of like when you're putting out content, stay in front of people. Right. The same thing is Instagram. There's these niche communities that if you're getting on these accounts and, you know, spreading the love, saying great job or like, hey, good type, man, awesome feature on this. Thanks for introducing me to these people, tagging them every now and then. But it's not, you're not asking for them to come check out your work like some people do. Yeah. It's like. Ask, they're just all ask, 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 no give, give, give. So give value, give value, give value. It's like Gary V says, jab, 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 right hook, then you can give the ask at times. So mm-hmm. uh, that's how I built my audience is being active in the community and you know going out on other people's pages that I thought their work was dope and telling them their work is dope. And eventually they come and see mine and then we build some type of relationship, not a connection because that sounds like sleazy car salesman, but like a relationship. Yeah, yeah. And, th- and then I've, made friends with all these people on feature pages. I have them come to my podcast. I was actually on a good type panel in Texas a couple oh, months dope. ago. So, and then I get Damn. to tap into their audience. They get to tap into mine. That makes way too much sense. Cause I feel like when drones came out mm-hmm. and I started flying drones around here and I was like doing it very early. Me and Tim were both out flying drones or whatever. And we referenced Tim a lot. Uh, he was on the podcast earlier. Mm-hmm. So if you miss that, just scroll back. But, um, Flying drones and me taking these, I was taking some incredible aerial photography and just wanting to f- get it featured. I was like, yo, all these drone accounts have like millions of followers or thousands of followers. I'm like, just post my shit. And I just DM them. Just like, hey, here's a good one for your account. Thinking <laughs> like, yo, I already did all the work. You should, uh, now you just have to post it and it's cool, right? But going above and beyond, commenting and making, because all you want is interaction on your page. Mm-hmm. On your personal page, all you want is interaction. You want to show that people are liking and commenting and mm-hmm. being involved. So, of course, if you go out of your way to be involved on their page, A, it, it resonates. Like, a good story of this would be in Black Window Cream. In the group, we had a kid sharing content a lot, and he posted this video. I think it was when Kendrick went on tour as his first show. He pulled all the YouTube videos of people that were filming it from different angles on their phones and made a crazy edit where it looked like he was everywhere in this arena. It was like nuts. I'm like, oh, shit. And it was dope. I recognize his name, and then I see him comment so much. We were just at Kendrick uh, and Q did uh, a show in L.A. for like the toy drive in, in uh, Compton. And I saw someone told me that that kid was there, and then I saw him walking around with this big rig or whatever. And I was on stage, and I wired to our producer. I was like, yo, send that dude up on stage, which I know he wasn't going to get on stage without this. 
I bring him on stage, and then uh, the first thing I tell him is like, "Yo, Kendrick's about to um, come up on stage, track him out, and film it like this, or whatever." And he about shit himself when he heard he was about to film Kendrick. And then Rihanna comes on stage, and he's just like, "Fuck!" And this kid went from that just because he was c- being active. Yep. Like if he would have never been active, that would have never happened. Don't go into anything thinking how you can get something from it. Mm. Like you're gonna give so much more back. Like what comes around goes around. Whatever you put back, whatever you put in, invest into something, you're gonna get it back like tenfold. Yeah, and that's how it's been for me. I always go at something I, with the daydreaming. Back when we did that, I I was the spammy guy. Buy my shit, buy my shit, buy my shit. And then when I started doing Perspective Collective, shit totally shifted. I started getting more into marketing and realized that, you know, if I'm giving value, that's only gonna like bring something back to me, karma in the end and that's that's how it was that's how i grew an audience quickly that's that's how you sold 400 mugs in 20 minutes yes finding ways to give and not ask mm. like give before taking like always be a giver so going back to daydreaming because you so you and dustin started this brand fuck yeah. what year was it 2013 it was 2010 it was the spring of 2010 he hit me up with the idea i started sketching out the logo like i was doing hand lettered custom logos in college before like everybody's like building a business off right. of it now but it all just started with an idea and yeah 2010 we uh summer 2010 we like printed our first shirts and we didn't know what the fuck we were doing right but nobody does whenever you start something you're gonna yeah. suck like you think Jordan Jordan didn't even like make it to his high school basketball team. He got cut. Mm. Like you're gonna suck when you start anything. Like nobody's fucking Picasso right out of the gates, right. you know. But how much? What would you say you were able to take away? Because that lasted for a few years. Um, it you guys both go your own ways. Um, then you start this out of nowhere. You just start your own brand. And I remember asking you about it because I was it, like, yo, so you got to start your own clothing thing? You're like, nah. It was, uh, honestly, it was towards the end of Daydream. We uh, had like a warehouse and everything lined up, but everything I was creating that didn't fit the brand, I was just looking for like a name to house it under. And like Scotty Russell Designs and Scotty Russell Studio just sounded super douchey and I kind of wanted a curtain <laughs> to hide behind. Yeah. Something more abstract. So I started Perspective Collective towards the end of Daydream and, and you know, that kind of just fizzled off. How did you First, come up with that? Oh, man, it took me like two months. I wrote down a whole list of just words that I liked. I'm all about perspective. And, like, I, you know, I was a very narrow-minded person, so, like, perspective's big in my life right now, and I like drawing things in perspective. Mm. And so then it started off, uh, I was, like, rhyming things. I like alliterations. I like rhyming. Like, I do a little freestyle on my own. And somehow yeah, yeah. It, it got narrowed down to Perspective Collective. I sat on it for a month. And I hated it because I cared too much what people thought at the time. And so I, I didn't even share this stuff with people until like towards the end of daydreaming. And then I'm like, I'm just all in. And now it's like a part of me. People people see it, recognize it. Like people know what Perspective Collective is before they even know my name. Right. So Crazy. I mean, it's a trip. But and it's dope too because you guys, you guys go your separate ways. Daydreaming kind of fizzles out. And then fast forward to you getting your shit popping and then Dustin goes down and starts working on video shit and you you guys made that epic ass video and yeah. I'll put it in the show notes. You did that video where you guys were like in the warehouse yeah. or something you're drawing and just saying motivational so, shit. So yeah, we still linked up and you know, still got good ties with them, even though it was a little weird at at one point. But no, Dustin's a good brother, he's even in my wedding and stuff. So like Dustin's a good homie, motherfucking talented ass crazy videographer kid. and yeah. photographer. So And he's even starting his own thing where he was mm-hmm. like hitting me up about minimal videography yeah where like how can i be minimal he sold all of his shit and moved to texas and now he just rents when he needs to it's, yeah there's a lot of creative people in iowa i gotta tell yeah, you yeah man dustin's awesome yeah. so it's it's just funny how we all started in a group he introduced me to you crazy so right? yeah 
So what would you say is like the biggest the biggest move for you since you started your own shit? What was the first thing that actually you started to see like a mass amount of people coming to your account? Or was that just longevity? Like slowly you grew it was, your fan It was base? slow build. Yeah? Slow build for sure. Like nothing has ever popped off in my life. Hmm. Ever. Um, it started, I was just drawing every day. Like drawing every fucking day. And I, I like stopped drawing for the longest time. I was just all about digital. Mm-hmm. And I started seeing like hand lettering on Instagram. I'm like, I could do that. Like I did daydream and custom logos and... So I just started doing hand lettering, fell in love with that. And then uh, finally, Good Type. Honestly, Good Type was like my first feature when they had like 10,000 people. And I was like, holy shit. Like I was getting a couple likes on a photo here and there, drawing every day. I was doing it because I enjoyed it. I wasn't creating for other people. And then, holy shit, I got a feature. And I'm like, that started like giving me some validation. Like, damn, I'm I'm from Iowa. Maybe I can make something happen here because those were some dark times. Like I couldn't get – no one wanted to hire me for graphic design. I spent three years out of college not getting hired. For from, what you went to college for? Yeah, and I – oh, my God. And I got all this student loan debt from going to a private school because I wanted to play football. <clears throat> yeah. And then football got taken away from me. And then I couldn't get a job. So, like, I spent three super, super depressed years smelling like tenderloins, serving at a restaurant, uh, not getting paid, coaching high school football. Fuck trying to like rob and steal people's money doing personal training like there was no ethics behind it yeah it was miserable man and then you know things started popping off i fell in love with drawing again and you know people started noticing over time like one month it was 50 likes then it's 200 and i say you know a year later i got 10k followers all from a year of just drawing that's fucking crazy. yeah so it's like sometimes you just need a little validation like it starts within I believe you got to believe in yourself with shit, but like when other people start taking notice, mm-hmm. it's like when you're working out and you've been doing it for a while and you don't necessarily see the change, but you keep with it. And then one person makes a comment like, damn, you're looking a little thinner in the face. You're like, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah I am. I'm going to go work out harder. Right. That's exactly what it was for drawing and it still is. But mm-hmm. then you get into those points where you need the validation. Like you, you need, that's your oxygen. And that's when shit's a slippery slope and you start depending on the likes, the comment, the affirmation. And when that's not there and Instagram algorithm changes up on you, it fucks with you. Right, right, right. And you forget why you started creating in the first place. So it's like I've been through those dips too. How do you stay strong and steady in that shit? Like what's your biggest uh, your move that you make in order to like succeed? Because it can be obsessive to like look. It's oh, so fuck, obsessive. People- I had to kill, first off, kill all notifications. Hmm. I don't let a goddamn social media notification come in my life and take me away from, like, important shit. Like, it's just one of those distractions I'm talking about. The world's trying to distract you. Uh, next, before you even start drawing something, ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why am I creating this in the first place? Is this something that, you know, is true to myself, authentic, staying in your own lane? Like, that's big. I got that from Chuck Means. But uh, or are you creating it because you saw it's a trend and you think you can jump in on a trend and catch a feature from it? Right. So, like, for me, that's – I had to stop myself and, you know, why? Like, I ask – pretty much whatever I do these days all starts with why. A good book from Simon Sinek, but it starts with why, and that's pretty much how I base everything. Right. You know, why do I want this person on the show? Is it for me? Is it for my audience? Yeah. And a lot of times it could be for both. But why am I creating this piece? Is it – Something that means something to me that has some story and context behind it, or am I just jumping on a trend to try and catch a couple likes yeah, exactly. and boost my follower count? So, <laughs> well, shit, I remember um, even at a certain point you started cracking off and doing these illus- illustrations, and I think I had, damn, who was it? Well, my homie Jordan, who still is crushing his shit. He has a clothing brand, uh, Shepherd Goods and Lamb Chops. Okay, and I remember living. I was living with him. 
and I told him about you. And then I was like, yo, dude, I have a dude that you could p- potentially collaborate with or whatever and make some cool designs for his clothing company. You're like, nah. And I'm like, he's he'll actually pay you, though. It was good. They're like, nah. And I, and I was, like, so confused. I was like, why? I'm like, this dude's plugged in with a lot of, like, NBA players and all this shit. I'm like, this could be sick. And then you're like, yo, this is why. And you just broke it down to me, like – it's more important for me to create art for myself right now than it is to get paid or collaborate with other brands yet. Because if I can build it here, then I can collaborate with whoever the fuck I want. You know what I mean? And I'll be able to do it that way. That shit was so inspiring to me. Damn. Yeah. I was in a weird spot at that time too. And I'm like, damn, I can't even like, how am I going to create for other people if I don't even know the reason why the fuck I'm creating at the moment? Mm. So like, yeah, it's, it's like anything. You got to find your voice and find your style. And that's been like, a thing of mine just going deep into the unknown trying to figure out what the fuck am I creating here why am I creating it why does it matter for me and why will it matter to someone else like I didn't and a lot of the times I was getting people who would try to hire me to create some other person's style and for me weird that was like a red flag I'm like I, I spent so long with freelance of doing that trying to mimic what other people created so that's why I stopped doing freelance for a while mm-hmm. is to like find my own style right. and that's why I started taking freelance again so, like, maybe now I might be interested, yeah, but during sure. that time, it just, I didn't even know wh- why I was creating in the first place. I was in a weird spot and just trying to figure shit out, so. Would you say now you're in a position when you get hired for freelance, are they hiring you for your style that you can say, hey, this is what I'm going to create, or are they still trying to be like, hey, can we make something like this? I uh, feel like you're in a power position. You I, know what I'm I, I get asked more based on like my current style or if they ask me I'll tell them to I'll, I'll shoot them my portfolio or my Instagram and be like is there anything here that you know relates to your style if someone hits me up trying to have me mimic someone else it they might get a polite response an autoresponder or it just goes into the trash because mm. they'll give me some how much do you charge can you make logos like this and I'm like eh, dump yeah. I don't do logos anyway but right that's pretty much it so I again my, my style is kind of inconsistent I, I like to experiment too much but I think there's enough you can tell, like, I care about details. Mm. It's all about details. Bad details. And uh, keeping things clean and tight. And sometimes there's just wild concepts, illustrations mixed with lettering, or maybe it's just illustrations, but there's some kind of underlying tone that I think keeps it all together. But still, like, you're not going to get the same thing each time. There's variations. I like to experiment, man. I'm still finding my voice and my style, so I'm not going to pigeonhole myself. Right. And I, I, I... think that's super crucial to like stay open to things but also to stand your ground because as soon as you start ooh you know what I mean I like that right like stay I stay open but stand your ground yeah ooh. it's important otherwise you're just going to get pigeonholed into some shit and then you're just going to be known as the guy that does this type of shit you know yeah what I mean? the dude who just flops with the trend yeah and I'm definitely not that person I want to take a trend but then how can I put my own spin on it and completely create something else that no one else is doing a new trend a new trend <laughs> yeah mm trendsetter but not really because i don't nobody else is doing what i'm doing you just motivated me to make fucking coffee mugs and which doesn't make sense how how do you you not have coffee i don't know dude because i was just sitting there like yeah coffee mugs i don't even know where how to start it i just haven't had time like finally i got shirts and hats i'm like that's cool but anybody can do shirts and hats yeah for sure but it's easy so i was like let's do that and i'm like (laughs) i don't know what mug i want like i didn't even know about this type of coffee mug that you got and um you're like yeah super popular people are fucking yeah there's a massive audience for it dude especially if you do limited supplies of stuff especially if your name is black with no cream yes my brother was just at a coffee shop the other day at a a sidecar and he said some old dude walked up to him and saw his hat on he's like that's really cool where can i buy that hat 
And he's like, I gave this guy your info. And then, sure as shit, I had an order for some dude that lives in Cedar Falls for Black Widow Cream just because of the name. Dude, those coffee groups I'm talking about, they only drink black coffee. Like, I had a little, I had run of, uh, my, my buddy Jason Craig was on the episode, and he, he spoke he at- He just messaged me. Jason Craig? Wait, no, that ain't true. Okay. Different Craig. Okay. Man, never mind. <laughs> yeah. My fault. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway, uh, no, he, he, he made a, a talking point, and he, like, tied it all together at- the end of the day, he skips getting cream <coughs> in his coffee. And he like tallied it up by the end of the year. If he skipped getting cream in his coffee this amount of time, he would save himself 40 hours in a day. And he could basically just have like a vacation week. Oh my God. Yeah. So he like saved X amount of time. And then that day, he just like chills on the beach or save eight hours. So he saves a whole day's worth. And it's basically just a vacation day that he'll just go out and chill by the pool. And he'll just like sip his coffee out there. And he's like, I deserve this day because I skipped putting cream in my yeah. coffee. And we did like a poster collab and everything. Oh, Jay, that's why yeah. I know the name. Yeah. Jason Craig. That, yo, and Didn't you get a poster? Dude, yes. yes I bought a fucking him. poster. That's him. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you did that. What save was... eight hours. Um, oh no God. cream and sugar. Just I've had that coffee. in my house since I bought it. Yeah. And I've never known the story of that what that means. That was the means. whole story. It's just wow. you, you save eight hours. That you basically just get yourself a personal day by skipping any cream and sugar in your coffee. This you know, motherfucker. All that time. And I'm like, he's a fucking wise sage, dude. Like, Yo, and he you killed it what? on my episode. You just rem- This is just reminding me. Listen to this. As I got that poster, and that's been hanging up in my house. before. I think I got it before I moved to L.A. maybe. Whatever. So I had it in my... Yeah, I was. I lived in Cedar Falls. I bought that poster. This shit was chilling in my house. And then fast forward to living in L.A. The reason why we started Black Widow Cream is because me, Marcus Frisky, Chuck Means... And two other dudes that you don't know started doing Black Widow Cream as like we were gonna make it like a master collective of creators, little that, mastermind. Yeah, but yeah. like as a YouTubers, and we were just gonna ah. like make videos. So the only thing we ever did, we it was short lived, but we made four bar Fridays where we each wrapped four bars from where we were and filmed it, and then we would like edit it into a music video. It was corny as shit. We only made like three, <laughs> and that was it. But when we came up with the name, I was sitting there and I was like Black Widow Cream. I'm like, I'm like, do you guys drink your coffee Black Widow Cream? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, dude, we should do that. I'm like, it's. It's either that or Monster. Like, we're drinking Monsters and Red Bulls, right? And everyone's like, yeah, it's mainly coffee. Whatever. We go with it. And we made the first video. And then Lauren's like, hey, do you realize what that is from? And I'm like, no. And then she goes, look. And I look up at the thing. And it says something about black, no cream, eight, eight hours. hours. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. I'm that's, like, is that how I fucking came up with that, that And shit? that's that's the whole story. Like, so shout much? out to you for fucking coming up with uh, this name. Damn. Yeah. Jason Craig, man. Jason Craig. But it was cool because the, the, the poster was actually printed with the ink had coffee beans in it. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. We we grounded like see that's that's the fucking awesome thing about collaborating with people. Like, yeah, he grounded up coffee beans and uh like I drew it out, I vectorized it and everything, scaled it up, we put it on eighteen by twenty four French paper. Shout out to French paper. And then he uh made his own ink with coffee in it and then he like embellished it too with like coffee stains. Crazy. So yeah. I love that poster. That shit's at my house right now, chilling. Yeah, it's in there. I had to like switch up my walls, man. I get I get yeah, stagnant I after a while. Right. I got shit all over the place, but they can see it in the video. So how all right, so let's talk about this. How did you go from creating to because you're fucking obsessed to turning around to start making money? Cuz I think that's for anyone that's listening to this from our shit, like everything's all about like how do I how do I start getting paid off of this? Because I've been working my ass off. What do I do to start turning coin? And let's skip the part of like, yeah, we know you need to hustle to get there in order to yeah. do it. But some practical things I've done. I'm still figuring out how to fully monetize this because I just so you know I do to the day job still. I'm figuring yeah. out how to make Perspective Collective fully monetized. It's um, it, for like my podcast weekly episode artworks. Like I'm drawing something regardless. I'm sharing the process. I'm sharing the story behind it. And at the end. 
I have a five by seven or eight by ten episode artwork drawing. That's I, I make a template, so it's already cut to that size of popular frames. Right. And you know, I, I'll put a plug out there if anybody's interested in it. You know, you oh, can so, buy it. So each podcast episode, you always have something for sale. Yeah. Like, it's all. That, it just. It's just. <clears throat> I'm choking. That just, artwork is for sale. At the basically, end of it? and I, I list it on this. I list it on my site too. Or people just work. You know, kind of back and forth through DMs. So like that was that was the start of me selling work without having to do freelance. Mm. And then other ones is realizing everybody keeps asking the same fucking question. It's a running joke in like the lettering community of what pen is that? And then you just make a hashtag and it looks like it says what penis is, but what pen is that? So it's just a, like a funny little hashtag, but you get the same questions of what paper are you using? Uh, what tripod are you using? Or what programs or book are you listening to? Right. That's when I create a resources page with affiliate links. Just send people over that. They click on it. Uh, they go down the wormhole and you know anything they buy outside of your shit, you can collect the check from it. Yeah. Or there's things like Patreon. You know, I, I do a small little Patreon that helps me cover my podcast expenses right now. Oh, cool. Which has been awesome, but I'm giving value first before I even ask. So what's the example of like a Patreon? What are you saying? Like if you join for $5 a month, you get... You can get access to like bonus little mini episodes. Uh, if you If this certain bracket you do, I go by one perspective two-point perspective, three-point perspective, aerial perspective. Those are like my levels. Cool. And, you know, there's things like you can get critiques on your work. Mm. You can get a shout-out in like each episode. Try to give some value back. You can get discounts and coupons on my shop. Right. And basically that's helped me monetize and cover the podcast costs at the moment. So I don't have to think about that. Yeah. That doesn't come out of me and Emily's funds. Right. You know, and uh, I'm obviously freelance. Right. You can sell products, you can do freelance, or you can teach. Those are like your three income-based things. For sure. And so, like, I've done a little bit of both or all three of them to figure out what works for me. But if you're getting started in the beginning, like, don't just – if you draw, don't just draw on a random sheet of paper. Be more intentional about it. Create a template. Make a little 5 by 7 and draw in there. That's easy to ship, low cost. And over time, you can sell it for 50 100 150 250 right. Like, I made a decent little extra cash this week by for just doing an office clean out, you know, <laughs> oh, selling sick. drawings online. And that, like – uh, that went well. Right. So, but that that's like small ways to, you know, build some monetization. Do you think, do you see yourself getting into a position as this grows to be able to quit the 40 hour a week job and take this over full time? And how, how are you going to do it? Doing less, but better. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, a book I just recently read called The One Thing by Gary Keller. It's, we, we make things so fucking difficult. And just focusing on the simple, most essential things. Essentialism is a good book too, but focusing on the most essential instead of focusing on all these non-essential things that give you minimal progress in a million directions. So for me, I haven't really been able to find ways to fully monetize the po the podcast on this platform because I've been doing all these other little things that weren't significant and took time away from the most important. So, yeah. so whether it's like building my name, doing murals, and getting podcast and public speaking, like ideally that'd be dope if i could travel and do those three things well i think you're built to be a teacher dog like especially the That's... fact that you don't just post the final piece of art you take time to because it's distracting as fuck when you're trying to be creative and you might be in the groove of something mm -hmm. but then you're like oh i have to stop and put a fucking text on this instagram story yeah or whatever like it, it can hold me back for sure but you do it that's the thing is you're teaching you're taking the time out of your day that's important it's to like you. i know people are getting value from it because i know i get value from it with other people and mm -hmm. i want to be the guy who's answering questions some they're gonna fucking learn from someplace eventually right unless they're a piece of shit and give up yeah but i could either hog all my secrets and see everybody as a competition or someone can 
fucking learn from me. I can make possibly a brand ambassador mm-hmm. or, you know, build a relationship. Maybe this person's going to hire me someday because they realize, fuck this. I don't want to do it myself, but Scotty helped me. Yeah. So I see value in sharing the process, answering everybody I possibly can, which you know is hard as fuck. Yeah, dude. So I see value in teaching, sharing what you know, and not being a dick and being an open <laughs> resource. Like, that I'm an open full book, circle. man. Like everything on the podcast is totally transparency. It's not. It's not all about the highlights. I want to share what is and isn't working, so yeah. you can hope. Ah, oh, what was I listening to? The shit that you and me create. We're in a good spot now, but if you were like me, you were kind of lost and no, didn't know where the fuck to even like start or begin, yeah. whatever. But I feel like I'm creating content right now for that lost soul I was like five years ago. Hell yeah. That's that's basically what I create. That's what like. And I, I noticed that fills me. A lot of the people that we would look up to, if you look up to like a Gary Vee, and yeah. who wants the answers? Fi- like that's what we should always be thinking mm-hmm. about. You know what I mean? And just by doing something as simple as talking on podcasts or talking to people and being an open book or communicating back and forth on the DMs, because I've communicated with people on the DMs that may have been like a brand new creator, but I've also talked to people that are like super experienced that I'd be like thrown off by, wait, wait why is this person talking to me about yeah. this shit? You know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. And just those conversations, I've learned shit from that. You know what I mean? Taking the time to learn is so key. I don't know. I fucking love that shit. Yeah, I, is- learning, that's a, I'm, I'm an addict when it comes to that because before I was the kind of person who would feel sorry for myself. Mm-hmm. It was me against the world, this mentality, and I, was just kind of a bitch and would just self-sabotage myself, especially after college. Crazy. Had the injury and just depression, contemplating suicide the mm. summer of 2010 because Damn. life fucking sucked. But it's like you always have the ability to change something. Right. You know, There's things in life you can control and things you can't control, but you can always control how you respond to something, how much effort you put into something. And like that's where perspective was huge for me because I, I flipped. A switch. I realize I'm not getting job opportunities because right. my portfolio sucked. Yeah. I can bitch and whine, or I can get off my day job and go home and put in some more work instead of watching cat videos on YouTube. <laughs> you know, which 100%. no, no hate on that. I like that <clears throat> shit, but I mean, nothing's gonna be handed to you, especially if you're in bumfuck Iowa yeah. and you don't come from money. Like, don't ever expect a goddamn opportunity. I said this on the episode that comes out next week. Nothing's just going to be wrapped in a Gucci bow and gracefully land in your lap. Yeah. Especially nothing worth having in life. So right. I, I've learned to grind. And damn. it's a buzzword hustle, but, I mean, nobody's giving me a goddamn thing. My parents supported me. I got hella awesome friends, but, like, <coughs> nobody's going to do the podcast for right. me. No one's going to give me a feature without me working for it. Crazy. No audience is going to be just, like, discovering me. Like, I'm not going to learn how to give a speech in front of 600 people without me reading books and learning, watching TED Talks and practicing a million fucking times. But you did, so your first, um, the first conference that you went to for illustration happened to be Creative South, right? Um, Yeah, yeah, I went to... Would that technically be like one of the first ones you went yep, to? Yep, I went to that conference a couple years ago. I, I didn't know anyone either. Yeah, you just went, where yeah, was that at? You it was in there, right? uh, Columbus, Georgia, and it's a big-ass conference, caps out of like 800 people. And very intimate setting in a small town, Columbus, Georgia, not big, uh, two hours from Atlanta. And I went there because there was people I knew from Instagram there. Really, that was it. And I wrote a proposal, some bullshit to my work when really I wanted to go take a lettering workshop and meet some of these bigwigs. And that's where like I met all these communities. I'm like, holy shit, there's a whole nother world. Like when you went to L.A., you saw this whole other world yeah, for out sure. there, something so much bigger than yourself. And you just come home just fucking motivated. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of being a little bitch and sitting in my office wondering why not me 
And then somehow next year, I got invited to speak. That's the dopest part. Yeah. Now, this dude ends up going from being an attendee, first-time attendee, to being no asked one, no to one. speak. Yeah, so it was a, it was a trip. But that it's was like dope. I busted my ass. And like you, you linked up with people. You DM'd. You built relationships. It wasn't, hey, can I speak? Right. No, it was like I, I built a relationship with the – uh, with the uh, the owner of it, right. you know, the founder, and never asked a goddamn thing. I and then he started following me, and next thing you know, like he's paying attention to my work, and he's hearing good things from other people that I've talked to. And last minute, they had someone not work, and they hit me up like a month before, and I just given my first talk just a month before. And that was to like 100, 150 people, my first talk ever. And then you went to like 800 or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was like... And didn't you get like a fucking standing ovation uh, or some shit? Yeah. Preach. It was... uh, Preach. So like I was the last minute fill-in. It's weird to talk about, but... But you uh, weren't like the keynote speaker, were you? No, not at this one. I was the the 9 a.m. hangover slot on a Saturday morning when everybody gets fucking lit on Friday night and like this... This conference, they throw parties, yeah, like hardcore parties. So like, I wasn't expecting anybody to be there, and it was a packed auditorium. And like, dude, I just put everything I had into it. Like, I poured my soul into it. While a lot of people like fuck up and stumble and admit how nervous they was. Like, I'm just game face. I could I could have give this hour long speech off the top of my head. Like, that's how rehearsed I was. Damn. And like, knew like the pauses, walking the stage. Yeah, like, yeah. you would thought I spoke before, but it's like I. I practiced at home when no one was watching. I practicing car rides. I take ten minute walks at work, and I'm like practicing walking the river by myself. Damn, like just rehearsing. And yeah, you would have thought I'd given talks before. People didn't believe that that was my second speech. And then boom, boom, boom. That led to like all these other conferences and other events, and getting on podcast interviews and all kinds of shit. Yeah. So like, but it, no, nothing would have ever happened if I didn't get out of my comfort zone, seek out my people because here you you get it like your people aren't around you if i don't know i had to find my people find community and put myself into an uncomfortable situation that's fucking dope and that exploded everything else from there damn but that's that's pretty much the summary of it. i saw it happen you came back amped as fuck from that thing and all of a sudden you're flying all over the place to get speeches out here give a speech here after going creative south the first time like i had a buddy convince me to start blogging because I was just drawing, like, every day. Yeah. And so I started blogging, pouring my thoughts, my ideas out there. It sucked ass. Like, I wasn't a writer. Never would have thought I would have done that. But, that. but like, putting content out there other than just a drawing, like, putting context and ex- your experiences and story to it, that helps you establish credibility. It yeah. helps you establish authority. People start seeing you as a figure. Even though I didn't see myself like that, the perception people have of you never will match the perception you have of yourself. Well, you give them a character to know and love exactly. and care. You know what I mean? Like, that's exactly. the best. And you build a personable brand without even knowing you're building that brand. Right. And so, like, I left Creative South that year just on fire, kept drawing, started blogging. And then someone started reading my blog, gave me the speaking opportunity that February. And then uh, Mike Jones, the creative, uh, uh, the owner of Creative South, heard about my talk, my yeah. first talk. And, yeah, that's how my name got brought up. So yeah. it's like be ready for an opportunity because if you put in your if you put in the work when no one's watching, like gonna come. you're gonna manifest these opportunities. But it's like be prepared for when that shit comes. Like I wanted to say no. There's so many times in my life I've said no to things because they scared me. Yeah. And now I'm like, what the fuck scares me so I can go out and do it now? Right. That's yeah. dope. Find yeah, the shit that scares you, man. Be prepared. You have to be yeah. prepared for that shit. We talk about it all the time too because even if kids message me like, hey man, could you give this beat to Schoolboy Q? And I'm like, no, because I just 
if I did that, I'd be giving a thousand beats a week. Yeah, you know God, what I mean? yeah. But just my demo. F- yeah, and, but like the thing, the difference is like if they gave it to me, say I did do it, and I give this song to whoever it is, and that person likes it, you better have a hundred ready to go. And we talk. This goes back to me and Chuck and Mark C and all those and buying them making music. Like, yo, if we write demos, we can't just write one banger and give it out and be like, hey, Katy Perry, sing this song, and she likes it, and she goes, what else do you got? Nothing, because this is as much as we could do right now. You better have everything you can ready to go to fire back with heat like it always should be heat always be prepared for an opportunity and always be prepared to deliver boom yeah i love that that is so true man fuck like it it's like if i wouldn't if i would have said no to that first speaking opportunity that scared the shit out of me yeah. like where would i be right now i probably wouldn't have a podcast yep wouldn't have a podcast at all i wouldn't i wouldn't be doing any of this shit mm. i wouldn't be talking to you probably what would you say is your biggest uh, your, your biggest goal or what, what people will get out of your podcast? My podcast is for, honestly, the person who I was a couple years ago. If you're working a day job and you have no idea what the fuck you want to do with your life, but you're scared to die with regret because you didn't try, mm-hmm. you know, my podcast is for you. It's helping you carve out time to build something for yourself, you know, and have some perspective along the way and realize that there's not one way of doing things in life because I used to think... Like, this is the only way to do it. This is the only way you can make money. Artists, you don't want to be a starving artist. You have to go to school, get a fucking job you hate, work till you're retired before life begins. Mm. And I'm like, no, that that's not that's not it. So that's basically what I want to convince other people. If I can if I can build a brand and a successful podcast and monetize all this from Iowa, yeah. like there's no excuse for anybody. It's like do it. Take the initiative. Fuck yeah. Get uncomfortable. Hit publish when it scares you. You know, fucking put out something that's a piece of shit because it takes a lot of shitty work to get to your best work. Right. And at the end of the year, dude, I've, okay, so 52 episodes in a year. That means 52 custom drawings in a year minimum, not mm. excluding client work or like fuck around drawings. Yeah. But at the end of the year, there's maybe like four, maybe six pieces max that I'm just like, damn. That's a banger right there. Like, that's a heater. So it takes a lot of shitty work. Damn. It takes a lot of shitty video editing. Yeah. It takes a lot of shitty photos yep. to figure out what works, what doesn't work, what you vibe to the most, and then what other people are resonating with. So it's all about, you know, figuring out three things. This Write this down if you're at home listening. Is find something that you love, find something that you're good at, and find a market for it. Mm. Those three things, and I think that's where success is. So I think I'm finding those, and now... You know, I'm figuring out the market part of it. Love that. Yeah. So Love that. So, like, I love basketball, but, like, I'm not going to be in the NBA. Right. So why the fuck am I, like, putting all this effort into yeah. it when it's, like, I love to draw. I love to talk to people. And I think I ha- I, I have a power of talking to people through audio, mm-hmm. you know, finding that market. So those three things. Well, so- it's even, like, I love love performing and shit, but at the same time, it's if it doesn't click – it doesn't mean I still can't be involved in music. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I went from trying to be an artist to working with some of the biggest artists in the world, and it's like surreal, but it's possible. It's yeah. super fucking possible. I mean, it, I'm not even going to say it's easy, but it was easy for me to put in the work. Yeah. I was willing to do that. Well, and, and oh, dude, my buddy Jason Craig, this was the dopest thing. We we get so fucking tired of hearing people uh, chase your passion. You know, do what you're passionate about. I'm like, it's not that easy. You got to find something you love that yeah. you're good at and a market for it, but... Why it's so easy for you and me to kill ourselves for this is because passion is what you're willing to suffer for. And I think that's the dopest definition I've ever heard of 
passion before us, something that's not cheesy. Like I'm willing to get up at 4.30 a.m. to grind on my shit before the day job because I'm passionate about it. I'm willing to fucking sit here for five hour, hours and stipple a drawing right. and get in my zone and listen to music or a podcast or whatever because I'm passionate about it. And I'm willing to go and fly to conferences, get uncomfortable because I know I can make a difference for maybe one person. You know, it's not about the masses. You know, go for depth. Uh, go for depth. That's exactly what Travis talked about on his shit. Yeah. He always talks about it's just one person. It, that's it, It's so true. Like the podcast, the numbers and all that stuff, you have no idea who you're making an impact on. If you don't see like a thousand likes on your Instagram photo or like thousands of downloads on your podcast, but you get like that one random message out of a blue, you're like, all right, I'm doing this for a reason. You know, I don't need thousands of people to tell me I'm changing their life. But right. like once in a while, getting that one message, like that's where it's at. Super where it's at. Yeah. Damn. Depth, All right. man. I love this. I ask, I try to give everyone a little advance warning to ask questions to whoever I'm talking to on the podcast. So I got a couple. Um, but answer them, take your time, whatever you want, however you want to answer these. But these are from the people in the in the private group. I like try to get them to be as Word. if they were here. So Josh Brendes, we know him. Ah, what's He's, up, Josh? He says, uh, do you have any plans on collaborating with artists outside of your medium? Painters, motion graphic artists, sculptors, etc. I think it would be dope AF to see some of your work mixed with these types of work? Um, over there in that box over there is people who do screen printing on, uh, it's like pizza boxes over there. It's a screen printed oh, pizza shit. box in that. That's dope. Or like coffee. But um, I would love to like fuck around with like a photographer or something like that. Um, like me and DMAC did some kind of collaborations. But like, well, Andrew, some, didn't you do one with Tim too? You did yeah, the, Tim Dodd. So the, we, we did the everyday astronaut. Like I chalked up a whole floor of in an apartment building and we did this rig where he looked like he was floating in this yeah. chalk illustration space but and you did his logo or did was it you that did his logo i, I designed his logo but then he like cut it out of like yeah. foam and stuff because i remember so. we did a shot with him where i flew the drone up and we shot yeah. down and we had to put the logo in the bottom corner as yep. if it were really there because it was like no photoshop was the rule mm-hmm. to make it look like he smoked the side of a building so we printed out the windows and all the shit there's definitely ways that he's being involved in this shit yeah so, what about motion graphics have you tried fucking um that? yeah honestly if you scroll back maybe two years on my instagram i had a buddy i worked with who did motion graphics so i'd like vector up lettering and you know he would take he would it and then i'd be, like take taylor creary i'm like okay Let's push the boundary a little bit. Let's bring in a photo. Let's bring in my lettering on top of it. Love and that. then you do some st- uh, stop motion graphics. So I'm always down to collab if it's like, I'll be honest, convenient at the time. If mm. I'm booked with like podcasts and speaking and teaching workshops, like that's going to take priority podcast first and then those two next. But I'm always down. Like I, <clears throat> I'd love to like, like I have Procreate now on the iPad. I'd love to get a photo and then do a time-lapse drawing on top of the photo somehow. Like, I've seen that stuff going on, but if you're a photographer and you got some dope photos, like, that'd be dope. What's, um, your, what's your dream your dream job, collab, whatever you want to call it, piece of work you could create? Oh, my God, dude. If I could do, for, like, a large-scale pizza chain and design <laughs> their pizza it. boxes with, like, just... All my crazy little designs and illustration, all this shit I've been drawing for years, like if I could channel all that into some kind of like sick pizza box that I know people are going to see, it's more than just like, here's a pizza hut box that doesn't right. do anything with the shitty coupon code that nobody sees. Like I want this box to be like a piece of fucking art. And that's what that one in the corner is that I don't have opened yet. But it's like, I want, I don't know. I want to find ways that are just like boring marketing things, but like how can you make it more 
engaging. Yeah. You know, I'm big into like branding and that kind of stuff. So some type of Casey's. Casey's, yeah. yeah let me fucking do your pizza boxes. Dude, Casey's flew out uh, when <clears throat> Taylor Morris got hurt and was in uh, D.C., in the hospital in D.C. They flew out because they had heard that he loved Casey's Pizza. I don't even know if this is true or not, That if he truly loves it that much. Mm-hmm. They heard that he loved it. They flew the fucking pizza out on a private, their private jet to D.C. to give him pizza. Damn. So I bet I have a Casey's Pizza marketing email somewhere in the in the archives i'm gonna send, just start spamming them with just your shit just like well hey, it's funny <clears throat> I, I i ran out of time for doing this but i have a pizza drawing only account and i was posting a fresh slice friday oh, every God. friday like i did it for a long time and i was tagging like godfathers and yeah. all that shit and, like godfathers ended up like sending me like gift cards and shit it was sick but That's i hard. just was too busy yeah had to it was taking me away again from like the podcast yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah um all right let's see what else we got here uh ryland Dupre, I don't know how you say. It. I'm terrible at reading these motherfuckers' names. What's your favorite color palette to use and why? <clears throat> Ooh, that's tough. I like black and white. I'm I'm a very detailed oriented person, but I love just the simplicity of black and white. I don't know why. I've always drawn like black pens on white paper, or vice versa. Um, I'm pushing myself into colors, but I'm I'm I always if you go up to my closet, I. I'm not an OCD person, but I got all my T-shirts lined up in color-coordinated things. Really? And I'd say about like 70% of my clothes are all black. So I don't know why. What What would you say is like the biggest shortcut you could ever help someone create to get to the success level that you've found? What, just a tip or one one sentence that you could say? Two things. Okay, shit. Two, Two things. things. Goes back to pizza again. Uh, you can't please everybody. You are not pizza. So put out work that fucking resonates with you. Don't give a shit about what anybody else thinks because over time, like, you're going to attract the right people to your audience. So yeah. you can't please everyone. You are not pizza. I tried to be pizza for too long, and, you know, it got me in a weird rut. And the second one is consistency. Like, nobody's going to know you exist if you're not constantly in their face with content. But yeah. content's vague. So creating experiences or stories or educational entertainment, you know, so create something that means something to you as much as possible, and eventually people are going to catch on to that shit. Like now knowing that that poster has been hanging in my wall for over two years mm-hmm. means what it means about the eight hours and taking that time that gets it takes to get cream and pour that shit in yeah, there gives you gives a full you, day off. Gives you, or it gives you time to like focus on something that's more important. Knowing so, that story yeah. is, makes that shit ten times more valuable to me. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like it was yeah. already dope as fuck, and I always, I always like, yeah, check this shit out. My homie did this. Whatever. I thought that... I thought the happy part that would make it mean something to me was that it had coffee beans in the ink. Mm-hmm. Now to have the coffee beans in the ink and what the illustration means, sick. Yeah. Create true stories and tell and give meaning to your Stay your in your own lane. Find yeah. what the fuck resonates with you. Don't try to please everyone with your work because, like, you can't, especially when you start building a name for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, dude people are going to fucking hate you and hate your work. Right. Like, there's so many trolls out there. Yeah, it's a good sign that, hey, you're onto something. But if you're like me, that shit still cuts. Fuck yeah. But at the same time, if people can hate your work, that leaves so many people on this lush, vast planet and universe that can like you and like your work. Yeah. But people are going to like you by you being yourself. Love it. Yeah. All right, so... How can people find you, find your merch, all that stuff? I want them to be able to support you in any way they can. Uh, You can find me at perspective-collective.com. Uh, there to link you up to all my other social media, or you can find it at perspectivepodcast.com. So it's perspective-collective.com, the actual words, or is it the no vowels? That's it's 
full full, words. full on perspective dash collective. Uh, I couldn't get it without the dash. It wasn't available, but that's my site. That's got the blog, um, any kind of art, the merch, His portfolio, portfolio, all the stuff. You can go through there and buy and, some shit. And like. then perspectivepodcast.com, or you can find that on Instagram, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. Crazy. So that's that's where you can find me. Keep it simple. There we go, dude. I appreciate it. you give a fucking lot of dope shit for these people to take away. I, I, I'm excited for people to hear this shit. Dude, I'm stoked too. Thank you for having me on the show, man. Nah, it's funny because we just, just so people know if they're still listening to this, we just did two back-to-back podcast episodes. I recorded one on his. Now he's on mine. We're in his house in Iowa. It's the first time I've ever been here and we're in your workshop and it's fucking sick to see all your shit in here because you just got so much memorabilia from the years of it's you so, just putting it in time. A lot of it's more of like my friend shit too now. It's crazy. Surround myself with things that keep me inspired. Yeah, it's dope. Really dope. But, uh, yeah, all right. If you made it this far, I have I'll let everyone put a hashtag in it. So if they made it this far and they're still listening, you have to tweet at us a hashtag. What do you want the hashtag to be? Stay cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's it. We out. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. <laughs> bye, 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 bye. That's it for episode 15 with Scotty Russell of Perspective Collective. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Make sure to follow Scotty on all platforms and check out his work. I've shared his links in the show notes, which you can find at bwnc.com slash podcast. Leave a review on iTunes and let me know what you loved about this interview. If you're interested in joining Black Window Korean's private group for creators, visit bwnc.com slash join. And last but not least, buy some fucking ill-ass merch. Every sale helps me keep this thing alive. Subscribe to Black Window Cream. New episode every single Sunday. See you next week, you bitch! Yeah, yeah, yeah.